0: Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through help the community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org watershed. Hey guys, I'm Sab. Oh, y'all are so cute. Um, so I am Savannah, if you guys don't know me. And I get the privilege of leading worship here at Perimeter Church, but I also help out a lot with watershed worship. Where my pizza. at? Yeah, well few and far between. Um, no, but I, uh, like Tegan said, tonight's not going to be your typical watershed. I'm going to kind of share my journey, um, with you guys and, and how the Lord has used worship in my life. And then we're going to play some worship and then I'll continue to share and it'll just kind of flow like that tonight. But I want you guys to, uh, just know that, uh, tonight isn't going to look the same. Uh, I want to, share with you guys before I jump in that I do not like speaking in front of people, like, at all. Like, it's probably, like, the last thing I, like, ever want to do, and so here I am. Uh, So I would just say, would you guys just extend me, Grace, because this is, you know, my first rodeo. Um, But if you ever have met me, you know I get deep real quick. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we can just jump right in. Uh, So, Father, we just invite you here tonight. Father, let uh, my journey and my, and my walk and the things that you have taught me through the years, Lord, would that, um, would that just resonate in the hearts of those here tonight? Father, I just ask that anything that's not of you would just fall from their ears, and anything that is of you, Lord, would just uh, really just uh, go deep into the hearts of those here tonight. And so we just ask that, and we just pray that in, in your name. Amen. So like Tegan said, I kind of want to share with you guys my journey in the form of three chapters. And this first chapter I want to share with you guys began when I was in uh, seventh grade and I went on a church uh, camp retreat. And it was on this uh, retreat that for the first time the gospel really clicked for me. You see, I'd grown up in a Christian home and I'd heard the gospel, but there was a song that they played on the retreat. um, And it was through that worship song that the Lord really began uh, to soak in deeply what uh, the gospel meant. So the song was Jesus Paid It All, and as that song was playing, we were asked to write down uh, either something that we were burdened with or something we were struggling with or a sin, and we were asked to go and take that piece of paper, and we literally physically nailed it on this cross. And then this song was just singing over us, and it was such a good representation of uh, that the Lord just takes our burdens, that he takes our pain, that he suffered on our behalf, And the lyrics that were really uh, speaking to me in the song were the lyrics, Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. The scriptures that they were teaching that week, uh, one was Galatians 2.20. And it says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live, now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, And who gave himself for me. Isaiah 53 paraphrases it uh, similarly. It says, But the fact is, it was our pains that he carried, it was our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought that he brought it upon himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. It was our sins. And he took the punishment, and that made us whole. It says, through his bruises, we get healed, and we're all like sheep who've wandered off, gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all of our sins and everything we've done wrong on him, on himself. You guys, during that season, I was struggling so much with insecurity, with comparison. I was struggling with finding my identity in this world that I feel like everyone is trying to tell you who you are, and and who not to be, and what you need to live up to. And that song, as it was, just sing- as it was playing, Jesus played it all. It, it reminded me of what Christ has done. And Christ reminded me, and for the first time it kind of clicked for me, that this isn't about Savannah trying to be some certain person and perform well and put on this beautiful face of, hey, I got my life all together, because I don't. Um, but it was clearly the Lord reminding me That the gospel is about what he's done. And it's about his worthiness and his sacrifice. So we're going to go into a time of worship. um, And I just want to sing that song for you guys. That song that just spoke to me. And as we're singing, I want you guys to just feel free to uh, move around. There's a lot of space in here tonight. Um, I want you guys to feel free to uh, worship however the Lord is calling you to. If you guys want to pray over a friend, if you have a word for a friend, uh, feel free to do that in this time. If you guys want to kneel and if you guys want to, I don't know, do whatever, um, this is just a time to do it. So I just want to encourage you guys to use this time. So this next chapter that I want to walk through with you guys. Sorry, I have no idea how these ear things work. Um, this next chapter uh, context is extremely helpful. And so I just want to tell you guys a little bit about my dad. So growing up, um my dad was everything to me Uh, he was my hero he uh, helped me so much in my own spiritual journey and uh, i remember every morning when i was little i'd run down the stairs and i'd peep around the corner and there he'd be with his cup of coffee and his bible and i remember i'd run back up the stairs grab my little adventure journey little kids bible whatever it was and run back downstairs and i would just plop next to him And read, but really I was probably just looking through all the pictures in the little kids book. Um, But yeah, so my dad meant everything to me. And uh, fast forward to my freshman year of high school, my dad got sick. Um, To this day they don't know what it is that he has, um, but he just has some neurological disorder. And like any of us would be in his situation, he got really, really afraid and really scared. Um, he would start just seizing up, his legs would give out, he would have a lot of double vision, um, and obviously just didn't know what the heck was going on with his body. Unfortunately, in his, in his fear and in, his, um, in him being afraid, um, at the beginning of his disease when he was still able to walk around and he hadn't quite gotten disabled yet, he, um, he began to do some pretty, pretty severe damage um, to myself and to my family. Um, and that to this day the Lord is still um, continuing to redeem. And uh, I remember even just thinking back on it, my my dad has just, he's uh, he said things that I continue to ask the Lord for healing for in my life, things that he said to me that a father just probably shouldn't ever uh, say to his kids and his family, and I just continue to ask for healing uh, for that. And, and I remember he he's done things Um, that even to this day I plead with the Lord uh, that he would just uh, remove from my memory. And so as you can imagine, I went from this 14-year-old little girl who, I know, sorry, don't take that offensively if some of you are 14, uh, but I went from this (laughs) 14-year-old, only Preston, I went from this 14-year-old little girl uh, who really trusted her father, who, Um, I loved my father. I ran to him for everything and anything that I needed. Um, To a 14-year-old girl who was still 14, but was really afraid of her father. Was really afraid to come home at night because I didn't know what condition I would find him or my family in. And so I was afraid. I was really scared. Um, I think this was a season where the Lord taught me a lot about owning my own faith. Uh, I knew that it was going to be kind of a make it or break it thing for me. My dad wasn't walking with the Lord anymore, and I was like, "Well, my dad was brought me through so much spiritual, uh, so much of my spiritual journey, and uh, now that he wasn't walking, I was like, I either need to own this or this is just going to kind of evaporate from my life." And I remember I did. I owned my faith. I was like, "I'm going to go to church, even though my parents aren't, and I'm going to uh, do that whole thing." And so I did. I went to church, and I actually began to lead worship during this season which is really special. I remember during the season there being one aspect of God's character that I just really, really struggled with. And it was the aspect of God being our Father. Because I figured, why would I want God, the person that I'm supposed to uh, worship and love and serve, why would I want him to be compared to my Father? When my own Father had abandoned and forsaken me, Why would I want that? You see, I think the enemy uh, twists things in my life and in in y'all's lives where people say something hurtful to you or something unkind or they call you something, and the enemy begins to really um, begin tempting us to believe that maybe deep down they're treating you that way because maybe you are worthless. And maybe you are twisted and maybe you are and maybe there's something intrinsically wrong with you maybe there's something really messed up about you and during this season I really began to believe that I began to believe like maybe it's just me maybe if I was just a better daughter maybe if maybe if I had just um, been more perfect that none of that would have happened and uh, during that season the Lord met me again with with a really amazing worship song it was a song how he loves and I know we've all heard it a million times, but it's a really simple song. It's just talking about God's love for us. But the first opening lyrics to that song is, he is jealous for me. And I remember reading or er, hearing that song for the first time and literally being like stopped in my tracks of like, what? Like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> There's no way that uh, God would want me. Um, I remember uh, thinking, how could God, the, my Creator of the whole entire universe and all of the beautiful people and things that are here, how could He want me if my own father didn't even want me? Um, and I remember uh, being like, "Ah, is that just a <laughs> nice lyric that they threw in that song to just kind of to sound nice?" Um, and I began to think, "Well, maybe I'll just kind of check it out because." is is that biblical, that Jesus is jealous for me. And sure enough, the Lord brought me to uh, Exodus 20. And it's talking about the Ten Commandments. And it says, God says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, and there it is, am a jealous God. And then it continues on. But I think that was such a pivotal uh, moment for me of realizing, wow, God's jealous for me. (laughs) God wants all of me. He wants my brokenness. He wants my battered and bruised self. He wants all of it. He wants my joy. He wants my happiness. He wants my sorrow. He wants my awkwardness. He wants all of it. And I began to understand that he isn't a father, he's, he's a perfect father. And just like a perfect father would, would maybe get down on his knees and just say, Come to me. Like, I, I'm just so excited to see you and I love you and I want all of you. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus wants all of you and he wants all of me. There's not a part that he says, Maybe you should not ever show me that again. He wants all of it. He says, Come, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, that's the thing I love about being a Christian, is that it's not like any other religion. You see, God says he wants us, that he loves us, that he's jealous for us, and he pursues us. And I can guarantee you there's no religion out there that can tell you that. They're going to tell you perform better, do better, be better. But Jesus says, come to me broken, and I will, I will give you rest so again, we're going to go into a time of worship. And I want to encourage you guys, again, to just stand up, sit down, whatever you guys are feeling comfortable with. But we're just going to go into another time of worship. Father, we just thank you for that truth. But Father, you are jealous for us. You, you seek us. You pursue us, Father. As such a gift. And God, we just thank you. We just thank you. We this your name, amen. Awesome. I feel like we're warming up a little bit. Y'all are warming up to me. <clears throat> Takes a while, I know. I can be kind of, kind of a jerk, right? <laughs> um. So, <clears throat> this final chapter that I want to share with you guys is probably—it's uh, definitely—the uh, hardest chapter. That I want to share with you guys. Um, so if there are tears, just you know just pretend like they're not there. Um, but so I had a friend named Sydney, and Sydney is like literally the most fun, down to do anything anytime, uh, fun loving free-spirited, um, and just very intentionally kind human I've literally ever met. Um, <clears throat> but Sydney behind the scenes, uh, had always struggled with uh, pretty severe mental illness and, um, and suicidal thoughts. I remember on multiple occasions uh, visiting Sydney after she had attempted suicide. I remember uh, just the, the heaviness that was around that. And thankfully, no attempt ever took her life. Uh, but a couple years back, I was working at a coffee shop and I got a call um, that that Sid had passed and as as uh, devastating as that was, what was more surprising was that it was from a car accident. And you guys, I can't even tell you the how how mad and how frustrated I was with the Lord of like, Father, you have protected. Sydney so many times. You've protected her, um, her life. And then a car accident. I felt uh, like the Lord had abandoned me. I felt, like the, I felt like the Lord had abandoned Sydney. Like, where are you, God? Remember a couple of days later, I um, was asked to speak at Sydney's memorial service, which, let me tell you what, was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, and, and just this grief kept hitting, um, as anyone who's lost someone in the room knows, it just hits with waves of just nauseating grief. Um, and so clearly I was very out of it and couldn't uh, remember a lot during that season. And I completely had forgotten that six days after she had passed, I had been scheduled to play at a worship night <laughs> at the church I was working at uh, working at, at the time. And so I figured, um, since I remembered the night before that I was planned to do that, that I probably should do it. And I remembered having a friend with me that was leading worship, and I was like, you know what, if I can't get through it, I'll just kind of pawn it off to them. And I'd made it through most of the night, um, that worship night, and kept it together. And then I got to the bridge, um, or the middle of the song, Worthy of Your Name. And it started just declaring the characteristics of God, the names of God, what he is, what he, what he claims that he is for, the, for his followers. And says he says he claims to be our author, our maker, um, our refuge, our hiding place, our hope in the shadows, our strength in the battle, and our anchor for all our days. <laughs> and I remember not feeling any of those things. I remember being in that moment and I was playing and I just completely stopped singing and let them keep singing because I was like, I don't believe this right now. I don't believe that you are those things for me, Father. I believed that God had abandoned me and I did not believe that he was near to me. But I began to sing it. And it was really an interesting moment where the Lord almost reminded me to sing that as my prayer and to sing that as my cry. That, Father, I don't feel like you're my refuge. I don't feel like you're my hope right now, but I'm going to sing it in hopes that that will become real to me, that I will begin to believe that again. And so you guys, I've began to worship like that over the years. Um, Even this morning, (laughs) um, we led in the main service everyone, and uh, my sister this weekend uh, got very, very sick uh, randomly, and it was not expected at all, and she was in the hospital, and there was one point on Friday where we were pretty afraid that she wasn't maybe going to make it, and so even the heaviness of this weekend, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go lead worship on Sunday, and I remember this morning, uh, there was just a lyric about the Lord just conquering death and conquering the grave, and my sister's fine now, praise the Lord. But I remember even this morning, just thanking the Lord. We just were in a we're in a season of uh, the radical dependence, and Jeff was talking about this morning thankfulness, and I remember just being so thankful this morning, of like Father, thank you for for saving my sister's life. But I wasn't necessarily believing that uh, believing all the words I was singing this morning. I wanted to p- sing them as a prayer. And that, Father, help me in my unbelief. Uh, Psalm 13 puts what I'm kind of saying in a lot better and less jumbled way. Um, It says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. It says, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. This is kind of where the scripture changes, and David's heart changes, and he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Another version says, he's been abundantly good to me. I love that part where it just says, I will sing, and I will rejoice. And you see in that psalm, it's so clear that David's struggling, that there's a lot of heartache going on in his heart, and his mind. But he says, but I will sing, and I will rejoice, I will worship. You guys, I get to be a part of this ministry where I get to see students like yourselves um, keep making the choice to rejoice. I get to see a lot of you guys that I know personally. I get to see you guys rejoicing in your sorrows and in your sadnesses. And it is such a gift. I, I tell Kevin almost every week, Kevin and I are always standing in the back, and every week I'm like, I'm, I can't go a week watching you guys and being a part of worship when I know the stories of the people up here. And it just brings me to tears at how you guys um, are continuing Uh, to rejoice in the sadness. So I I want to leave you guys with this. I want to leave you with a challenge, and it's what I've challenged myself with over the years. That no matter the season you guys are walking through right now or are going to walk through, I just want to challenge you guys to choose to worship. Even in the dark seasons, the Lord is still on his throne. He's still ruling, and he's bringing good to the things that he allows in ways that just maybe not, don't make sense to our very finite, small, tiny minds. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys in this room are walking through family tension, or you're walking through uh, some pretty deep anxiety and depression. I know some of you in this room are struggling with feeling worthless, or feeling inadequate, or feeling abandoned by God or people in your life. I know some of you are struggling with the loss of a loved one, and I want to continue to ent- encourage you guys to choose to continue to worship. So we're going to close with two songs. And I, for this, uh, for this first song, I would encourage you guys um, to sing this as your prayer and as your cry. Um, this song is literally a, a, a cry it's literally saying, God, would you, would you take me, would you take my weakness and my burdens? And Father, would you, would you give me strength? But also I'm gonna praise you in it. And I'm gonna praise you through it. And so I just wanna encourage you guys to uh, continue in worship and you guys can stand again or uh, you can just kind of put your arms out and surrender. Saying, God, I receive this. I want this to be my prayer. I want this for my life.